everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pentapologist Mr. Watson. I am most certainly your host as always, Christian Watson. And with me today, I have one of my good friends, someone who I think is a hero in his own right. I think he's a, this is someone who really, really just revolutionizes, or that's even a word, revolutionizes a, sort of the debate space and the public discussion about certain topics. Michael Marino. He is a YouTuber. He is a uh, sort of renegade debater, I should say, a, a stalwart individual like myself. And he is someone who I uh, genuinely believe will be on the forefront of the of, of the cultural change in the world if the change goes the way we want it to go and that will be the topic of today's discussion uh so before i go any further michael how are you doing my friend doing great thanks so much for having me here and for those very kind words i have very similar thoughts about you you'll <laughs> definitely be successful in this so. oh my uh yeah you're you're very kind <laughs> you're very kind I well. all humility here all humility is it you know emerson said something about how whoso would be a man must be a nonconformist, right? And that you have to ensure, you have to ensure and speak that the truth you understand in your heart so loudly, so it be the universal truth. And in my opinion, all I'm trying to do is speak the universal truth of the high heavens and cement it into the minds of people so they can finally accept what reality is. And that's what you're trying to do as well. So I really yeah. do appreciate it. Um, Speaking of reality, speaking of truth, and speaking of high heaven screaming, because you got a lot of that over what you did, uh, very, the Supreme Court, for those who do not know, recently penned a, in my opinion, unfortunate decision, uh, which essentially outlawed, quote unquote, LGBTQ employment discrimination on the basis that LGBTQ people have a right to, to someone else's property, essentially. They, they didn't say that, but essentially what that's it was. That's logic behind <laughs> that's it. That's logic behind it. That's logic behind it. And, you know, being a gay person myself, I, I, have, I obviously have nothing against other gay folks, but I do think that um, this sort of idea that you have something, yet, yet you have a right to someone's property is just absolutely absurd. So essentially, Judge, Judge Justice Neil Gorsuch, who is one of Trump's appointees, he decided uh, in, in his ruling that it is a manifest harm I'm paraphrasing here, it's a manifest harm to LGBTQ people uh, to uh, discriminate against them in the workplace, and therefore it is illegal to do that. Michael here wrote a, not, not wrote, he might as well have wrote, he produced a very scathing video about that entire decision where he went through the entire terminology, phraseology. I was actually, I was listening to it on the way back from work one day, and I was just sitting there in absolute astonishment how other folks are so confused over quite intuitive uh, arguments. So Michael, why don't you walk through what your arguments are and tell us a little bit why you made that video and what the reception has been that you've received for that video. Yeah, to summarize the video, I, I start off by making it clear that I'm not anti-gay or, or trans or anything like that. I, I'm not a fan of discrimination. I don't think people should discriminate, but what I think people should do and what they should be allowed to do are not the same thing. And that's the distinction that the majority of people don't consider. Um, so, you know, I give examples like I don't think people should watch porn. I don't think people should do drugs. I don't think people should eat junk food. But all of these things don't harm me. So they should be allowed. So that's the mechanism we should look to when creating laws. It shouldn't the harm be principle. the harm principle, right? The non-aggression principle. Basically, to put it simply, if an action takes away the liberty of someone else, it isn't considered uh, a manifestation of or an instance of their liberty right so that's basically 
the argument. I, I lay out that framework and then I handle the, the, the common responses as well. If you discriminate, you are harming me. And, and that's, that's predicated on a misunderstanding between the difference between not helping someone and harming them. Right. Again, that's another distinction that people collapse. So to make this clear, if I don't give money to a homeless person, that's obviously not the same as me taking money from them. If I don't donate, that's not the same as me stealing. And so in the same way, if I don't uh, hire someone, that's not the same as me taking something. It's, it's to put it mathematically, the lack of plus one is not negative one. It's just zero. The lack of a positive is not a negative. It's just neutral. And so when we apply that to businesses, okay, someone needs a job. I'm someone who also exists and I have a job. Currently, the scale is zero. They don't have a job. I haven't hired them. Okay, I hire them. So now we're at plus one in terms of my action towards them. I am engaging in a voluntary contract with them. So it's plus one. I then say, okay, I don't want to hire you anymore. I don't want to employ you anymore. So I fire you. Okay, I take them from plus one to zero, or rather I take my actions to plus one to zero, but it's still only at zero. So it's not a harm. So in the same way, if, if parents are giving me money, they are currently positively affecting me. And it's not about my state. It's not about how good my life is. It's about their actions towards me. Their actions towards me are technically positive. If they just stop giving me money, regardless of what happens to my life, regardless of if I fall into poverty, they haven't harmed me. They've just stopped helping me. And this is entirely consistent. And, and like you said, this is a very intuitive principle. And so the fact that so many people don't understand it is, is pretty uh, shocking and disheartening. Not really shocking because- of, you Not know, shocking, like, disheartening. It's not that. shocking, disheartening. it's disheartening. Because you know, we have, because both of us, you and me, Michael, we have a sort of higher order mechanism that it, that, that pushes our actions into the, into the material world and manifests desire within our hearts to see a dynamic change in people. And all that change would be is, is reevaluating the narrative surrounding how you see yourself and how you see society and pinning those, that, that importance that you have, that value that you have for society back onto yourself and then using yourself as a gateway to understand the universal truth very simply. And the truth is, of course, you are not entitled to someone else's capital. Yeah. Uh, and now you are the way you're outlining this is quite interesting because politics is not and and argumentation in general is not really thought of as a mathematical thing by a lot of common folk uh, or but even by a lot of people who might be experienced with debate. But you know, as we understand, a lot of people who are experienced with debate aren't actually doing debate; they're doing performances, <laughs> as you if you as you saw in your collegiate debate thing. Uh, so. How, what would you say to someone who says empathy is a key ingredient in social relations and individual interactions and sort of and ensuring the non-aggression principle is upheld faithfully and fruitfully? And so you cannot necessarily apply a strictly rigid logical calculus to the issue of someone getting a job or not because empathy is involved in there because that is the difference potentially between someone's livelihood or someone's uh, premature death. What would you say to that? Not that I agree with that argument because I don't, but what would you say to that? So two things. The first is that I'd say, whether we're dealing with morality or science or mathematics, we're dealing with conclusions. Anytime you make a claim, that by definition is a conclusion. To say murder is wrong, that's a conclusion. And the nature of what conclusions are means we're dealing with logic. Because in order to have a conclusion, you need to have a premise that supports it. If we make a scientific conclusion, we need evidence. If we make a moral conclusion that murder is wrong, we need to provide a reason why. Right. And that relationship 
is what defines logic. Logic is about inputs and outputs. And so it's, it's my fundamental belief that everything that is dealing with any type of conclusion, any type of input output system is logical. So when we're talking about morality, people, well, okay, well, a lot of people have empathy at the basis of their morality. What about them? Like, well, a lot of people believe the earth is flat just because people have beliefs or, or, oh or systems of thinking <laughs> oh doesn't mean Lord. that it's valid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's say, let's say your moral system is that yeah. murder is wrong. And the reason why is because, well, I just feel like it. That's Bad an reason. invalid system. Yeah. Bad so yeah. informal logic, invalid means that the conclusion is not supported huh. by the yeah. premise. Right. You feeling something is bad doesn't translate to it actually being bad. Emotion don't confer truth. So if, right. you're, if you're going to have any type of meaningful moral argument, you need to give me an actual reason that supports the conclusion. Emotion's not one of them. Absolutely. So. I guess the double bind there is either you use logic for morality or why should anyone care about your morality? Now, they shouldn't. if we arrest that statement and we put a bulwark around it, sort of a bulwark, a conceptual bulwark around it, and we arrest it from the logical argumentation framework that we understand is true, the, the mm -hmm. sort of, you know, conclusions, input, outputs, the sort of idea, the operations of logic and argumentation. But if we arrest that, stand, that, 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 that point and we leave it by itself, on its own merits. Do you think empathy has a active role in certain social engagements or in social engagements in general? Sure. Yeah. And I, I like I said, I think that discrimination is wrong. I think that if it, and, and along the same lines, I think that if someone's starving, you're able to help them out to get out of poverty and to, you know, just you shouldn't be compelled. Lives. You shouldn't be compelled. You should do it, but you shouldn't be forced to. Right. That's the, that's the argument. Right, right. And so, uh, you, you mean, you, and you really debunked a lot of the arguments. Uh, there was this guy who challenged you. And, <laughs> and so tell us, how did that challenge go about? Tell us about this guy who challenged you and uh, how did you find out about the challenge? He actually made a video response to you. And in my opinion, he didn't do, he didn't fare very well against the video recorded version of you. <laughs> I think yeah. the actual debate was much better. I think both of you did a good job. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how that response happened and what the re immediate response afterwards was. Cause you even said in the video, I'm going to lose subscribers over this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so why don't tell us about that? Yeah. So someone in my discord server posted a video that was like, Michael Marino thinks the Supreme court's ruling is wrong. And I think he's wrong. Um, so I clicked on it. It was from this YouTuber slash streamer named Surus the Skeptic. Uh, and basically what, what happened, it was, it, was an ex, it was an excerpt from a stream he did, I think on Twitch, maybe it was YouTube, where uh, he got to my video and he was going to criticize it because um, I guess his followers told him, hey, check out this video, let us know what you think. And so, you know, it was about 40 minutes long, but he only got to three minutes of my video. And that's because what he would do is he would listen to about five seconds at a time and then pause the video and make a criticism that I was literally about to respond to in like the next 10 to 30 seconds. So if you go and listen to that video, you know, most of his arguments were like, well, yeah, Michael, I agree with you. You can't harm people. Even uh, I agree with you that people should be able to do whatever they want to do so long as they're not harming people, but uh, you're harming people when you discriminate against them. Ha ha ha. Gotcha. BTFO. Right. It's like I spent like half of the video addressing that exact yeah. concern, but yeah. he never got there because he, you know, was just rambling or he, he wasn't actually listening to the full argument or I guess he did get to some of the arguments, but you know, he would just hand waved away by saying that businesses are not individuals. And for some and they reason, are. that's a meaningful distinction. They are. All They're comprised are individuals. of individuals. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. yeah, any any regulation you put on a business is going to directly impact individuals, right? So 
um, cause they're just extensions of individuals. But so I made a response video, just going through all of his claims he made and, and pointing out that I already responded to them or any new claims I also responded to. And then I made a Twitter post, like asking him to do a debate. And we had a debate a couple days after that, which was pretty good. Um, like it was, it was respectful. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of a brief summary on what happened. Absolutely. And now those subscribers, and not that it really matters because, and I will say this, I think that numbers, even though I, you, you like numbers, um, Michael, and you understand numbers have a certain significance in the argumentative field. I think that numbers in general, uh, human genius is not reduced to them. Human genius is, I think, is, 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 is a, it's a conglomerate of processes. And some of those processes, I think, are quite logical and mathematical. I think other processes are, are a little bit more ethereal, sort of metaphysical, almost sort of spiritual, things that we don't even understand ourselves. And so, although, so I said, I said this, numbers don't matter all that much, I don't think. But in a sense, they kind of do. So in that sense, particularly, how have you seen your subscriber rate uh, play out? Because you also said in that video that you supported abortion, which a lot of folks uh, did not appreciate. Mm -hmm. And I actually saw some comments saying, oh dear, you support abortion. I cannot support that. That's bad. I'm done. Bye. And it's mm -hmm. so, it just so, it's so interesting how when you, when you postulate gospels that confirm someone's preexisting narratives, they will be with you. But the moment you interrupt that matrix of belief, they will run to the hills, they will curse your name, and they will do all sorts of things that you would not have supposed a rational, prudent person could do. It's that sort of curse, I think, of ideological and intellectual complacency, which destroys our potential as human beings. Answer the question before I go on a rant, because you know I can go on a rant. So <laughs> you go, man. You go, man. Yeah, luckily... I think that the majority of my followers are not like that. I think that's because mm. they are attracted to the type of values I hold and right. the values I hold are inherently uh, contrary to that type of thinking. Um, but yes, you know, some people, they, they only support people because it, you know, it supports their agenda, right? There are lots of conservatives who are just as close-minded and ideological as the leftists they criticize. Yep. Um, so, you know, I had some people, you know, saying, Oh, I, I disagree with you. Unsubscribed by, but I, I most of the people I saw who, who disagreed with me on my explanation of abortion um, did so respectfully and they remained subscribed. So they'd be like, you know, I agree with everything you've said, but I disagree on the abortion part because I think that's, that is actively harming the fetus because you are killing it. You're not just letting it die, which is a lack of a positive, but you are killing it, which is negative one, right? So I'd say the majority of them expressed their disagreement in very respectful ways and lots of them joined my Discord and wanted to have discussions with me. So... So it's, I don't think my subscriber count has really dipped. It stayed around the same amount. I've, I've lost some subscribers, but I've also gained some. So Good. No, I imagine so, because you think you made a very coherent argument. Uh, yeah. Has anyone uh, on the gay left, or the gay right even, uh, uh, tried to coax you or talk to you or attack you into having a discussion? Or has this really just gone over with people who were, had a vague interest mm. in social justice? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I've had... I'm trying to remember if this individual express, I know they've done it with other of my videos. I think this person um, that I'm friends with over social media, who's openly gay, uh, I think he, he was like, heck yeah, this is right. And I think he expressed his disagreement about like the Supreme Court's ruling. And I know I've had comments on my YouTube channel where they're like, as a gay man, I don't think people should be forced to hire me, right? So, but I, I haven't been reached out to by any explicitly gay left or right wingers wanting to debate about this. Yeah, and you know, the argument I made in the Federalist about this I basically said, what you're trying to correct 
is outside of the purview of not only the Supreme Court, but anybody, any institution of governmental bureaucrats. Mm -hmm. What you're trying to correct here is the heart. You're trying to morph the soul into something virtuous. But virtue, as you understand, is not cultivated by compulsion. Virtue is cultivated by necessity in the face of, 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 of chaotic, substantially just important circumstances. It's virtue is unlocked. It's realized, sort of. And so yeah. what the Supreme Court was trying to do, they were trying to compel virtue, which gives you a very necromantized, watered down, corrupted version of virtue, which leads to things like virtue signaling and sanctimony and crusading and things that have absolutely nothing to do with fire finding or seeking the truth or standing on that kind of moral courage for that which is right. So that's number one. Number two, not only were they trying to instill virtue into the heart of people who do not have it, i.e. people who are hateful in their heart towards people who simply want to have a sexual preference that is absolutely valid, legitimate, voluntary, legal, everything about it is fine from an ethical standpoint. Not only did, not only did they not have virtue, the Supreme Court was also trying to do something else which was quite pernicious. The Supreme Court was trying to control the means of production. This is going to sound crazy. Control the means of production from a socially acceptable standpoint, it reminded me very much of China's social credit system, where everything you do is predicated upon the whims of people in society, whatever the hell that means, the sort of amorphous yeah. phrase. And so I basically argued that you cannot instill virtue by force, number one. And number two, you, can, you, when you cannot just, justly, ethically, instill it's like sort of like sort of sense of responsibility by trying to assume control of someone's property to use it for what you deem to be a, a just cause that just that that's that, that does not work whatsoever and so what do we th what do you say to those arguments because they're they're in the same of course genre of what you were making but i think they're a little bit more consequentialist almost and it's odd for me because i'm not a very consequentialist kind of thinker you know me i'm a very yeah. national I'm a deontological kind of thinker but i think sometimes people need to hear yeah look this is what this does this is what this is the sort of the result of the principle of input and output so what do you think of those arguments i just made yeah i wouldn't say it's consequentialist i'd say that's more so highlighting an, an ulterior agenda they okay. have, which I guess would show that they're being consequentialist. Right? Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's definitely an intentional slippery slope, right? Because if you can prevent people from firing people and not hiring them because of reasons you deem arbitrary or insufficient, right? Obviously, they also deem like a minimum wage laws. Um, yeah. You know, th those to be bad. Or exactly. they, they, might, they might deem, you know, Jeff Bezos having more money than he needs. Like, oh, As you, know, you, don't, you don't do enough work to justify having right. that much money based on right. my subjective value uh, judgment. So I'm justified in taking it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's part of the like push for Marxism, anti-capitalism. Um, why why do you, yeah, sorry, go on, sorry, go on, go on. I was gonna say, I don't think everyone's like that. I think some people no. just, like I, I had this teacher that was a firm anti-Marxist and I, he's one of my favorite teachers I've ever had. Love the guy. And he, you know, he was talking to me about how like he thinks that we got into the discussion about anti-discrimination laws and she and he, he just disagreed with me he was like well well you know once you become go into the public you you need to treat them fairly and so like i was asking him why and he was like oh yeah no i see your reasoning now you know because it, it, it based on the principles he agreed with me on like liberty he realized oh wait a second anti-discrimination laws violate that even though Sorry, he grew but the problem is he grew up in a society where racism and, and anti and anti and, and discrimination 
were seen as so taboo and for good reason that he just assumed those laws were good. Precisely. I think there's a lot of people who aren't, you know, just Marxists with an agenda, but they're those types of people who right. they and, just follow the narrative. And sometimes the right will overblow this, the idea of cultural Marxism and the Marxists trying to kill us. Sometimes they will scapegoat that. And I'm not trying to be one of those people, but a lot of times, especially in, on this particular issue, there is a sort of Marxian ethic that is being pushed into the dialogue that if you do not agree with my subjective value premises, you are a terrible person. So it's funny. Here's what they're doing. Mm. They are using subjective premises to make objective conclusions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to say yeah. that someone is a bad person, you have to have a consistent standard for that. But yet that standard cannot flow logically correctly without being corrupted from a subjective premise. Right. You, see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you have an input that is subjective, I'm not entirely sure you can get an objective conclusion. Can you? No, you can't. The <laughs> The consistency between the input and the output will be objective, right? Because like right. consistency yeah, is objective. Yeah. The form but, is objective, yeah. 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 But yeah, no, I mean, your argument is only as strong as its weakest link in the chain right. of argumentation. Right. So if, if even one of the chains is, well, because I feel like it, well, then the conclusion is as good as, well, because I feel like it. Yeah, precisely. And so, you know, you bring up the issue of association when you had that professor who said, who basically was taking that position, not because it was logically argumentatively sound, not because it was cosmically true, only because he had seen things and those things that compelled him to discuss. And it's just, that's fine. I'm happy it did. I mean, there were a lot of folks in the 70s and 60s and 50s that would have loved to have silenced my voice and because I was a black and God forbid they knew I was gay. I would have been done in the me. So I understand why he was like that. But the issue of association is primarily why folks make these decisions in a political sense. It's a very rarely issue of logic. The anti-discrimination laws are oftentimes seen as political victories against bigots, against sort of crazy zealots that want that, that want to establish, and this, this is not my words, nor do some people like theocracy, people like that. And so some folks will simply say, on strategy alone, I support this because it is an, an affront to agendas that supposedly threaten my being. In my opinion, this is simply an outgrowth of, an, uh, of, an, of a lack of realization of your individuality and in a, in a sort, of, uh, sort of tying your identity around your neck and just drowning yourself in it. That's what my, in my opinion, that's what that, that, that sort of idea is. Also, it shows a lack of moral courage because if you're going to make a, if you're going to make a principal decision on the basis of a circumstance, not on the basis of principle, not only are you con are debunking and, and completely uh, sort of sort of debunking yourself and, and, and just completely and utterly not adhering to what principles actually should be, you're also just being completely inconsistent with what you say, can claim to believe, if you do claim to believe in principle consistency. That's my opinion. What do you think about that sort of idea that, oh, since this idea is associated with person X, I have to be, or I have to be against or I have to be for it. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely that tribal element where it's like, well, this is associated with a group I don't like, so I have to be against it. Like conservatives just instantly reject climate change and liberals instantly affirm climate change, even though most people on both sides haven't looked into the science at all. Um, but I would say that a lot of this is, I, I've, I, I term it caveman morality because it's, mm. it's, it's reflective <laughs> of such type of like small mindedness that caveman is like the best way to compare it, which is the reasoning is you're doing this and I don't like it, so you can't do it. It's like, it, those don't follow. That's such... That is such small-minded uh, reasoning. And I'm not saying that they're unintelligent. It's just their moral system is intellectually pathetic. Precisely. So, yeah. And that's what most people do. Not, not in every area, but in some areas, lots of people do that. Where, where they'll be like, 
I don't like racism. And so they look at the consequence and they say, well, I don't like the consequence, therefore let's prevent it. But they don't look at the principle and functions that allowed that to happen. So they'll look at, you know, oh, I don't like people being racist. Let's ban it. Or, oh, I really like the idea of free college. Let's do it. They don't think about the means that would be required for the ends. So like an example is like if a girl, hypothetically, let's say that a girl refuses to date me, I might not like that, you know, consequence, but I understand that the principle that allowed her to do that is, is good. It's, it should be there, which is liberty. Yes. Women should be allowed and men to choose who they date. Yes. Regardless of if I like their, the way they choose to do that and use their liberty, it's a good principle. So yeah, it's just backwards reasoning. It's the appeal to consequence fallacy. It's like religious people who they presuppose that God exists and then they accept or reject evidence based on if that supports their conclusion. Or very radical atheists, like dogmatic atheists, they presuppose that God does not exist, and then they do the same thing. You are lancing intellectual pretension in all of its forms right now. <laughs> you, are I know, going, someone, you are merciless and irrelevant. I, I, irreverent. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, someone made a comment on my YouTube channel. It was pretty funny. It was like, uh, you know, how to offend everyone in 10 minutes. <laughs> you are just a lancing on, on every side. My Lord. There, on almost every side, there are always you know, ideologues who yes. commit these fallacies. Yes. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and you consider yourself to be on the right a little bit, right? I lean more towards the right, but I, I have plenty of beliefs that, yes. like, I don't, I don't think there's anything inherently immoral about homosexuality, right? And that's I'm happy not you right. think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, although, uh, to be fair, I'm not entirely sure that is a right, right-wing Pacific view. Lots I mean, of right wings have it, but some don't. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. if you if you go over to Eastern Europe right now, or you look back at how the communist regime treated the gays, it was not yeah, yeah. pleasant. Not oh pleasant yeah, for all, sure. Which was yeah odd because aren't they supposed to be about egalitarianism and community community prosperity? Uh, it was odd. I don't know. I don't know why they were such a a, a regime of homophobia against those kind of people. Uh, yeah, and, and that's why I don't call myself a conservative or right wing because it's just a package deal. Like right. I. I care about the truth and I don't think either side has it 100%. So if I call myself a conservative, well, now I, I have to accept all of these other presuppositions that I might not hold. Right. Um, it's a package deal and I don't like package deals when right. it comes to truth. Right. You want people to be able to, you don't want people to have to actually investigate what you believe, investigate mm -hmm. the premises of your arguments to get to a, the core of your convictions. You yeah. want people to be able to just simply look at you and say, oh, you're a libertarian. Exactly. You believe this, X, Y, Z. Okay, done with you. And I, I hate that predictability element too. Mm -hmm. I, I abhor it because I'm like, well, you know, I am a dynamic individual. I am, I am someone who constantly evolves and changes throughout the years, throughout the moments. Even right now, from the start of this conversation, I have evolved into a more informed person by hearing the intonations of your voice box come out and come out into the camera, hit your microphone and go into my prefrontal, prefrontal cortex and bleed into my spirit. I am a fundamentally cosmically informed person since the beginning of this call. And yet there are people who cannot conceptualize you outside of a box because they're in a box themselves. Isn't that yeah. funny? Isn't that exactly. funny? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. funny. Ah, God, I, I could go on about that. I could go on about and that. And it's, it's just part of that tribalistic thinking. Yes. Right? They want to be part of a tribe, and they want a tribe to be against. And so, you know, running our interview down, what would you say to someone who genuinely, in their feelings, has listened to this interview and has simply said, you know what? You're making all the logical assertions but logic cannot account for everything. And you know, the livelihoods of someone could possibly be at risk here. Even if the logic is on the side of the person who wants to put their livelihood at risk or not, 
in your logic, put the livelihood at risk. What do you say to that person who is still fundamentally convinced because they are grounding their, their, their sort of assertions, not on necessarily emotion, but on the sort of, uh, sort of consequences that could indeed come and would certainly come, I do think come from uh, gay people being allowed to be discriminated against in the workplace. Cause there would be consequences that there would be some folks who would say no. And there would be consequences of those actions as well. I mean, I think mm-hmm. there would be a lot of folks who boycott, boycott them or do other terrible things that shouldn't be done to people in a free society, but it would happen. Uh, so there's consequences to everything, but what would you say to someone who's just fundamentally and morally not convinced? So with the criticism of logic, I would say that they're, they are attempting to use logic in their condemnation of logic. And so it self-collapses, right? Ever since I was a kid, statements like, well, you know, truth isn't always the most important thing, right? There are things more important than truth. I always really disliked those statements. I, I, could, I could tell that they were very faulty. And, you know, I've, I've been able to articulate it now, which is that they are making truth claims in an attempt to defeat truth. And that's yep. why the statement feels so terrible to hear because it's just inherently built into the logic of the statement uh, contradictory. So that's what they're doing if they reject logic. You can't reject logic. You can't argue that anything is more important than logic because you have to use logic and affirm its value in order to even do that. Agreed. So I would also say that like the libertarian framework I'm operating from, the point of that is that what you personally think is a good consequence doesn't matter, right? Like they have, you need to be able to respond to my argument that all people should be able to determine their own uh, goals and desired consequences and follow it, um, you know, because it's their own life. And if you accept that, you can't then make the argument that because you have a certain desired consequence, you get to infringe on liberty. And I don't know how you could reject that. I think that's a pretty um, easy argument to win that your life belongs to you. And there's no real reason why you should be able to control someone else if they're not harming you. So it, and I would just explain as well that they're engaging in the consequence appeal to consequence fallacy where they yeah. reject a principle that's evidently true because they dislike the conclusion it leads to. Um, now, again, they might be, well, I don't like logic. It's like, well, then you can't make claims about what is true because those are inherently logical. And obviously there's, go, there's always going to be people like that who are like, well, I don't care about all of your rational justification. I'm an egoist, like a sterner egoist. So I only care about oh, my yeah. wants, my emotions. Sterner I'm an emotivist. Foul. Just all these terrible ideas, yeah, right? Sterner was uh, foul. Uh, terrible. It's like, well, yeah, there's always going to be people like that who admit that they're not logical and they're going to go with might makes right. It's like, well, that's why we have guns. That's why we have a government. Right. Precisely. Precisely. If you can't be, if you can't be convinced Okay. If when we give you the rational justification for liberty, you just hand wave it away because you don't like it. Well, it's like, okay, well, looks like we're going to have to force you with guns with, with, with the government. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing any calls to violence. I'm saying yeah. that like we should prevent people from harming each other uh, regardless I, I, of if they want to. <laughs> I agree. The way you said that was a little bit, I'm like, wow, force you with it. Um, Michael is frisky. <laughs> My yeah. Lord. Uh, no, but, um, uh, you know, I think it'd be very interesting to see this argument go up against someone who is well endowed with the social contract philosophy. But I do think that if there is any argument that that would be formidable against what you're saying, even though I entirely agree with your position, it would be the um, 
the sort of Rousseauian social contract philosophy. And, the, yeah. and that, that theory has been developed for very, very many years. I think that, now I, th- I think it's absolute bunk personally. <laughs> I don't think I signed some invisible contract or whatever. I, don't, I was never present for the contract. And my understanding is a contract is an agreement between individuals, two, indiv- between two or more individuals who are mm-hmm. present to voluntarily sign it. So I didn't sign some amorphous, cosmically ordained contract. But I do think that the idea does have some basis in reality. And if someone were to try to challenge your case effectively, that could be one of the bases from which their argument springs from. Do you agree? Yeah, I think the best way to try to defeat libertarianism is to argue that the framework of libertarianism allows for the violation of libertarianism. Right? Like there's this argument. Yeah, so a self-contradiction argument. Yeah, yeah. One of, one of my friends made the argument that like, well, you know, he, Taxation is voluntary because you agree to pay it, right? Or it's like a contract. <laughs> you know? uh, oh, my Lord. That, that sort of thing. Oh, my right? Lord. Or, yeah. or they'll be like, well, and if you don't agree, you can just leave the society. You know? So, like, those are better arguments to make. Better. They can still be beaten, though. Especially yeah, by you. <laughs> uh, well, Michael, listen, I appreciate on, on a very haphazardly, haphazard note you coming on here to talk to me. About your, uh, about your recent argument. I wish you the best of fortune, not luck. Luck is a lie. Fortune. Fortune. I wish you fortune and goodwill with your future endeavors, and please keep us updated, okay, dude? For sure. And I would say, you know, luck is good when you understand it, which is luck is preparation plus opportunity. So oh, I entirely, entirely agree. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to us. And as always, please stay pensive.